Hi, this is Shah Hassan of the Next Level Mastermind, and you're tuned into Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. You also have to realize that it's okay to attract a target audience that is like-minded, and it's okay to attract those people, even if that means it's in service of attracting just them and not everybody. Because if you try to please everybody, you're going to connect with, with nobody. And now, a word from our sponsor, High Rise Capital. High Rise Capital is a boutique commercial real estate investment firm that helps high-income professionals, high-net-worth individuals, and family offices obtain above-average returns with reduced volatility and tax efficiency from high-quality commercial real estate investments. High Rise Capital helps clients achieve meaningful investment returns, generate multiple streams of income, and participate in investments that enhance lives and provide a tangible societal benefit. To learn more about High Rise Capital, please visit their website and download their free ebook, more doors, more profits, both of which you can find in the show notes. Thank you. Hey guys. Hi grandma. This is Adam Carswell and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we bring next level talent to the light. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Spencer Hilligoff. Spencer is the co-founder of Madison Investing. He's also a full-time passive investor, and this is the fun fact right here, a registered securities professional. Pretty rare nowadays, so happy to have him here. Spencer was born and raised in Redwood City, California, in the Bay Area, which is, we'll tie this in in a little bit here, but he's still in the Bay Area. Uh, but he went and lived in Colorado for 10 years, went to the University of Colorado at Boulder. I think I got that right. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, and so now Spencer, as I mentioned, he lives in Alameda, California, which is basically Oakland. Happy to have someone from the Bay on the show. Whenever I say the Bay, especially not originally being from the Bay Area, I would always think of E-40. I don't know if you have any <laughs> E-40 connections out there, but Spencer, happy to have you here on the show. Yeah, really excited to be here, Adam. As obviously a fan and a friend, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Guys, okay, so this is the crazy thing. I think we've been connected on LinkedIn for quite some time. Around a year ago, we met face-to-face at Intelligent Investors Real Estate Conference 2020, which I've had conversations with folks lately, and we're just like, we have to double take. We go, wait, that was this year still? That was 2020? <laughs> like, we were just living in this weird time warp that we're in right now. But I'll never forget Spencer coming up to me at this conference. I mean, I had been hitting LinkedIn pretty hard for like two years, but not at all ever getting to a point where I kind of felt like maybe like a LinkedIn micro influencer or like celebrity. And he, he walks up to me, he's like, Hey, you're, you're Adam Carswell, like from LinkedIn or something like that. And I just remember I tried to play it cool, but in my head, I was like, Oh my God, like I, I finally made it. Like someone recognized me like from the internet and it was Spencer. And what's even like funnier and cooler now, honestly, in, in my opinion is like Spencer just taken off like a rocket ship at everything that he's doing. You guys look to see that here today, how he's kind of found his voice. But like, we'll just be straight up right now. I'm sure if we were to go on LinkedIn right now and check out his feed compared to mine, like these traffic is beyond <laughs> where I'm at right now. So dude is on fire. Very humble. You'll see here too. So Spencer, you can go ahead and fill in the blanks there. But I had to bring that story up. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And I, yeah, I completely agree. This does not feel like the same year as when you and I met at Intelligent Investors. I, I cannot believe it, man. I mean, everyone's kind of going through those dog year moments right now as well, of course, but <laughs> Just a pleasure to be on here with you, Adam. And I think, you know, right off the bat, when I got a chance to meet with you in person, it was very clear that we kind of operate 
on the same vibe, I think. And always appreciated that. Appreciate your content and thought leadership, you know. And so I'm not sure if I can necessarily claim any kind of uh, rocket ship analogies for, <laughs> for anything or LinkedIn uh, for sure. But yeah, just for super quick background on myself for folks that are out there too in your, in your audience. As you mentioned, you know, based out here in the Bay Area, you know, I did spend the lion's share of my professional experience building uh, teams at tech companies and like some of the fastest growing tech companies in the world. So that I did that for 13 years. About a year ago, it was about last November, so November 2019, I put in my resignation for that W2 career to full-time focus on building Madison Investing, which is our company where we help passive investors you know, in, participate in you know, vetted syndication deals, which is multifamily, self-storage, and some other really awesome asset classes we're launching in 2021. So that's what I get to wake up and do every day is just help people understand this, this whole category of investing that I wish I had found earlier. But in all fairness, I did, by the way, grow up in like a real estate household. So my dad was a broker for 30 years. He had me working open houses even when I was like a teenager, which I didn't love at the time, but I, I definitely learned a lot. And, you know, flash forward back to my adult life, I was the head of originations at the, the last corporate job I had was as the head of originations for lending home, uh, which is now the biggest fix and flip lender in the country. So I think when I got there, there was something around 150 loans per month that we were doing for these fix and flips. And we scaled it up to the point where it was doing about 600 transactions a month with a total volume of about 4 billion with the B investor loans. And so that was a remarkably hardcore and really great boot camp experience, if, as it were, for just like learning how great underwriting decisions are made and, and doing that at scale and, and just learning just generally like, how do you think about structuring deal betting? Now it's all about the bigger deals and figuring out how we can help, you know, passive investors, like truly passive investors, uh, find great deals and try try to de-risk it, right? Because th there's just a ton of mediocre deals that are out there that are branded as great, and it's really hard to look through who you should work through, who you, who you should trust, and, and how do you make good decisions on that stuff. So, anyways, super quick background on me. Of course, uh, I think Adam has some other really quirky and fun topics from my background that he wants to talk about as well, which I'm, I'm, I'm both nervous and excited to go into. So bring it. <laughs> there, there's like, I know we're not, can already tell we're not going to have enough time for like all of these, but one thing that comes to mind for me here real quick is for anyone listening, if you're near a computer right now, or you can pull it up on your phone while you're listening. I just want to do a quick plug. We'll get this at the end too, but go ahead and check out Spencer's website as we're going through here. It's, um, it was a madisoninvesting.co, right? That CO. Correct. MadisonInvesting.co. One more time. That's MadisonInvesting.co. Guys, go check it out as we make our way through here. And a few things you mentioned there also, Spencer. I think your story speaks so loudly to, to so many people we're, we're starting to see nowadays that want to enter into this entrepreneurial world in general, and then also within real estate specifically on the capital raising side of things too. You know, you had to get to a point where you were comfortable to quit that W-2. And there's so many people punching a clock right now, working a nine to five that probably feel how you once felt and just need that boost of confidence to get the system in place or just kind of jump off the deep end or jump off the cliff into the deep end. That Looking back on when I kind of left my W2 thing, it was scary. So I guess just before we get into the main topic of today's discussion, just any pieces of wisdom for anyone who's looking to make that transition? Yeah. And scary is exactly what it was for sure. And I think it is for anybody. You know, I would say that it's even scarier when you have kids, you know, yet you have a mortgage. And so I see a lot of folks that are kind of wrestling with this thought process as everyone does before they quit their job and their W2 job, their day job, and they want to go be a full-time entrepreneur. But I will say this is that I mean, if you are earlier in the journey, meaning you don't have kids of your own, 
you don't have a primary residence that you have to worry about with the bills, then I would just say that like you probably have less risk than you realize. And I would encourage you to go and just take the leap because it only gets harder. <laughs> it only gets harder to, to, to do it later. So for me, it was three and a half years of building our company and, and operating on nights and weekends, you know? And so I, I think for me, I use this framework, which we don't have to go, we don't have time to go way into today, but called limb facts or limiting factors. And as nerdy as this sounds, you know, there's really three. Everyone has these three, these three like limiting factors. You basically got time, capital, and expertise. Time, we only have the same number of hours in a day, you know, whether you are Oprah or you are Bill Gates, they all have the same amount of 24 hours that we do. So like, what's the key difference there? The difference is like, they know how to focus. And so I realized I had 10 hours a week to devote to my business. And that's on nights and weekends only, in addition to being a great dad and, and husband. So how do I use those 10 hours? On capital, that doesn't just mean money. It does mean, of course, investable money, but it also means relationships. It means your health. Like I had to go and make sure I was being fit and healthy because I needed more energy just to get through all these different things I had to do every day for three and a half years. So, you know, running more, just being fit, eating better, all that stuff, getting sleep. And then expertise is like really taking the time to go slow in, in order to go fast later. And so that meant like, humbling myself. And, you know, even though I had 13 years of like leadership experience in tech companies, you know, big and small. So a lot of people at that point, they usually have this big shield and ego that come along with it. And they're afraid to say, I don't know anything about this one topic. And I had to do that. You know, I had to, and I've gone through now four paid coaching programs in real estate. So grateful to the mentors outside of real estate and within real estate for who have given me very tough feedback and tough love along the way and helped me get there. So it, it ain't easy, you know, it ain't easy. And I think the only time it, get, it doesn't go well for folks when they want to make the leap is if they think that this is a hobby, you know, um, it definitely ain't a hobby. It's like a career. It's a career choice and it's a commitment because if you're working with other people's money, OPM, you have a financial obligation to be, to prioritize the, uh, and focus on them. So it's been a blast though. I'm deeply grateful. You know, it allows me to be a great dad and be a present husband, which is really my big why. I don't want a yacht. You know, I just want to be a great dad and a present husband and be here for my kids while they're still young. Love it. Love it. Thank you. And you reference, we'll do this real quick as again, one more quick marketing plug. He just referenced a mentorship program. Spencer and I really got to know each other through the Cashflow Connections Mentorship Program, which you can check out at cfcmentorshipprogram.com. Shout out to our mutual friend. And for me, really just mentor, boss, all that you can imagine, Hunter Thompson. He's a great connector to why we're here today. So, all right. Spencer, it is now time to step into the next level chamber. The topic of today's discussion is the secret to finding your voice. Again, the topic of today's discussion is the secret to finding your voice. So guys, th there may not be just one secret, but you're definitely going to find out um, some cool hacks or whatever you want to call it today from, from Spencer's story, especially as he made his way into this entrepreneurial world. One thing about him that stood out to me so strongly when we first got to know each other. And I'm going to definitely ask you to clarify on this and just kind of go into detail as we make our way through here, Spencer. He's telling a story about how, I guess we, we won't use names of shows just, just to be courteous, but he was on a big name show in the real estate world, a show that probably, it, it gets a lot of plays, a lot of downloads. And when he was done presenting on the show, he was expecting the email inbox to get blown up and all those things. And I think your story goes, not one or something like that, like not one person reached out or, or, or whatever. And then he proceeded to go on to another show later on in his career and also probably became a little bit more comfortable telling his story and open up to the audience 
I don't know if the show was as prominent as the first one, but for the first time he opened up to the, his audience about his background being in a metal band and kind of like unleashed the true Spencer to the camera, probably in a way that as far as I know, he hadn't really done before. And from that moment is when Spencer started figuring out like, oh, like this is who I am. This is what people are attracted to. And so it's just a really cool story about being yourself that I'll never forget. And so Spencer, please help us uh, fill in the details now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped by the chance to talk about this topic. You know, I really do think that authenticity, according to other people that I work with, both in the past and my corporate career, as well as like our investors and our partners now, they tell me that authenticity is like one of my very short list superpowers. And so, you know, I, I never necessarily really knew that until I got into being an entrepreneur, until people started telling me that. But to me, it was fascinating to go through that experience and watch, you know, as a guy who was in operations and growth and kind of sales and marketing leadership roles for 13 years, to totally miss the mark so utterly on make, going to my first big real estate podcast experience and interview. I still showed up well. Like you can, under, if you watch it now, you know, if anyone wants to reach out and ask me for the link afterwards, I'm more than happy to give it to you. So I, I mean, I showed up well. The problem was I was trying to solve for like more of an agenda that was not me. Um, to Adam's point. And also it was for the wrong audience. You know, I was even just like, I hadn't thought about who's the target audience for my message. I hadn't practiced enough telling my own story. And frankly, I was a little bit too guarded, you know, like you kind of have to shake off the corporate a little bit when you you leave the the working world. And so I did get people who reached out, but they were people looking for how to to like step into my shoes, how to become like, they're kind of looking for a coaching program, uh, frankly. And we were looking for folks that wanted to, like, we want to help people invest passively, right? And so that's our target audience now. So we go on that show, nothing really materializes. We go back to the, to the workshop, quote unquote. And I think, and I reflect with my co-founder, Jennifer Morimoto, and we're like, okay, where did it go wrong? Well, how about this first and foremost? Like, why didn't you bring up, when you're introducing yourself, why didn't you bring up this, that, and the other about your background, right? Because... The first and single most important thing that I didn't do, and I encourage everyone else out there to do this too, find a way to strike an emotional chord with people, but purely just by telling your own story and like, like the formative events that brought you to where you are. That's what I did. I shared the story. I shared you know, the following kind of nuggets about my own life, um, which are all, you know, the benefit is all 100% accurate. You know, I don't have to make up any of this stuff because it happened to me <laughs> and it happened to my family. And so like, you know, I grew up in a real estate household. My dad was a broker. I mentioned that earlier. Um, unfortunately, like I watched his business rise and thrive. He was one of the top brokers in the 90s. And then ultimately it did t- take a nosedive. Um, and it was because of some external factors that ultimately kind of hurt it all. And it was because my brother got cancer and he passed away eventually. And it had a domino effect throughout our family. So I want to go TMI more than that at a service of time, Adam, but like Telling that story is critically important. And it's critically important not because I'm trying to make a grabbing emotional moment on a podcast. It's because that era left a mark on me for the rest of my life about how I view financial fortitude. And I built this ethos of like, you got to play financial offense and financial defense. And like, it literally was laced into how my family now approaches our finances. And so, and I try to bring this up, but if I'm ever informally, like, you know, just informally coaching someone, you know, just as a favor, or if it's like a friend and they ask for advice. So all that said, strike an emotional chord, you know, and, and the only way that you can do that is by being yourself, you know, because people can smell right through it. You know, like they, they, they know if you're just trying to get to a pitch, 
They know if you're just trying to go out and push an agenda. And so th- that was a very big deal to me. It's just like being myself. And like, you know, the thing that you don't necessarily see right now is on the metal band front. I was afraid that by being a version of myself that was probably unacceptable in certain really uptight older uh, corporate settings, like the version of me that has like a few more tattoos showing, you know, all that stuff, like that somehow would have distanced certain investors. But then I, I didn't realize the second point, which is, okay, let's assume you got the emotional connection. You also have to realize that it's okay to attract a target audience that is like-minded and it's okay to attract those people, even if that means it's in service of attracting just them and not everybody. Because if you try to please everybody, you're going to connect with with nobody. And I think that that part is, is just critical. So I wanted to share those two points. Yeah, thank you so much. First of all, I mean, the first story, um, I'm not even sure I was fully in tune with that. So sorry for your loss, but thank you for for sharing and going in detail. I think caught my attention and we all have relatable stories that we've gone through in our lives. So now, you know, that new level of like relatability or authenticity has already been like built between us for me, in my opinion, like just right here on this call. And then I I, I can't help it. Like, I just want to zone in on on the metal piece though, because it just cracks me up. I think this, for me, this is what I thought was so cool, guys. If you haven't like picked up on this interview yet, Spencer is very, I don't know, I'd just say like traditionally professional, like very clean cut, very like straightforward spoken. So when he pulls, uh, please pull, when he pulls his sleeves up and you see these tattoos and you're like, wait, this guy's in a metal band. <laughs> like, it's the best. I love it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot going on there. A lot of it's getting done right now, frankly, because it was a goal of mine after I left the corporate world, because you can't necessarily be leading big teams and organizations when you've got you know, full sleeves. So in some companies. <laughs> <laughs> Another secret or, or tip I want to zone in for, on for finding your voice. I've heard this theory many times now from uh, Russell Brunson, the CEO and a former CEO. Now just uh, there's a new acting CEO at ClickFunnels. Brun- Russell's taking a step back to grow more companies because that's how he is. But uh, anyways, he talks about publishing 365 days in a row uh, will help you find your voice. And it's just more of a theory. I don't think he actually has like a framework for it. But he's got a cool case study that I've heard. And if anyone remembers this or reached out to me after, I'll send you a link to it because it's a pretty cool case study. But we have a live case study right here actually in front of us with Spencer. He writes excellent copy and written posts on LinkedIn. He's been doing it for a while. I didn't realize until he shared with me today that he has been doing it for close to a year. And from, again, as I mentioned, like watching his growth over the past year from a social media perspective, especially with LinkedIn, like like people know who Spencer is in our sector. Like he's created a name for himself and I'm sure there's a bunch of different factors like what we already discussed today. But one key thing is definitely being consistent and posting said maybe not every single day, but pretty close to to every day. And you've definitely like found like your thing, like that's your thing on LinkedIn is is putting those posts up. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you said so many nice things that are going to make me blush. I think that There was a light bulb moment for me, you know, I mean, as a quick background on the social media stuff, all of our, like when I say our, I mean, my, myself and my co-founder, like our perspective on social media insofar as a small business and any business is that you've got to tailor everything you do about your voice to the market around your understanding and targeting your customer profile, your ideal customer profile. Right. And I think in real estate, a lot of times you'll hear the term avatar, I mean, really what what we're talking about is a customer persona. And we went through an early stage process where I, early on, I went and interviewed with recorded sessions, uh, no pitch involved, about 50 or 60, I can't remember the exact number, it was about 50 or 60 
folks that are successful that fit our customer profile. And these are folks that I knew from LinkedIn. So we're talking about, I only added people on LinkedIn for 10 years if I had known them in the real world context. So I don't really know anyone else that has done it that hardcore for that long. So I didn't add anybody if I hadn't met them in the real world for 10 years. So I basically built up like, you know, 2000 people. I wasn't going for quantity. I was going for quality. And I was just a weirdo in that way. You know, I, I just didn't want to have people otherwise. So I had this tappable database. I wanted to go understand our target audience better. So I went and asked these folks questions with a formatted template that said things like, walk me through your understanding and relationship with money. You know, like, how do you track your investments on a monthly basis? That context, not to go off on a tangent for too long, Adam, is critically important because if you don't have that context, you might sit there and ask, why do you write these like short to occasionally long form posts daily on LinkedIn? versus going to Instagram and taking photos and doing more quirky stuff there. Or as we talked about TikTok earlier, you know, why LinkedIn? And it was because it specifically matches the largest possible audience of our target customer persona. That's why. And I don't necessarily believe in the narrative, which is pushed by a few folks, you know, fair fair game if they want to, if they want to go with this strategy. But like, I don't think you have to be on every platform. I don't think you have to push on Facebook and, and Instagram and, and LinkedIn and TikTok, all the above. I think you just have to pick the one you want to be great at. I, I didn't plan on doing the daily post <laughs> initially. Um, I, I, it just kind of started. And then I got to give credit to, uh, to, to the guy that we both know, and he's so prolific. But once I went through a challenge that Yona Weiss talked me into going into, I was like, okay, let's just do it. You know, let, let's just do it every day and see how it goes. And then you start realizing like, oh, wait a sec, like some people, like I'm making real relationships with people, not even worried about leads necessarily, you know, but like, like leads for uh, potential uh, members of our investing program, but I'm making like real relationships with people that I'm learning from and it's mutually beneficial. It's just the way that a relationship should be, you know, not just with an acquaintance, but eventually with friends, like, like present company included, you know? So it's like, that's valuable, but I don't necessarily care about quantity of connections, right? Like I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for a hundred thousand followers. I'm just looking for meaningful engagement. And I'm trying to speak, I'm trying to speak from actual experience and perspectives because I'm thankful that I have those, you know, like, like a lot of people out there are like, what do I talk about? And I'm like, well, you talk about what you do. You talk about what you know. 13 years of hardcore leadership experience gives me a lot of stuff to work with. It's a big, uh, you know, palette to pull from. Yeah. That's a really profound statement too. I think it's so true. So many people are like, you got get a presence on every platform out there and then kind of go from there and build off of that. But looking again at, at your growth and we could even look at someone, we just referenced Yona. I mean, Yona, I think he's on Facebook too, but like he's a LinkedIn guy and I'm sure business is just fine <laughs> if he never made it to Instagram or anything. So keep that in mind, guys, definitely pick your platform and, and go deep on it. And then if you want to expand, I guess at that point you can, you can look into it. So speaking of expanding and we're going to wind it down here, but you know, we had to squeeze this in here. Spencer has recently broken into TikTok and not only has he made it made an account, but we had a conversation before this where similar to myself, I mean, I feel like there's great upside and potential to creating a presence on TikTok, especially, I know this is going to sound crazy, but for people in the commercial real estate sector, here's why. If you remember within the past three to five years, there was a big push to make a presence on Instagram because we'll say I'm 30. So anyone between the ages of 25 and 33, like as we get older, we're likely going to still be using that platform even to years and beyond. So if you want to invest in your future clients and customers, that was the sales pitch for Instagram. I'm looking beyond that now. I'm looking at TikTok. 
you can, again, you can relate here, Spencer. I know most TikTok users that I've interacted with and experienced, um, they're probably between the ages of 13 and 23. <laughs> so if you really want to invest in the future of your business, you don't want to overlook this opportunity, especially since a lot of platforms are starting to mimic what they're doing with the, the bite-sized pieces of content. That, that's enough out of me. I just want to know your take on the future of TikTok as well, Spencer, because I thought it was pretty pretty special. Yeah, you know, and I, I think... um like any other social media platform, you have to make sure that you, you're all in if you're going to go and do it for the sake of your business. I was very resistant to TikTok. And we were chatting about this earlier, Adam, but just to read it for the audience, it's like, I'm, I'm only, I mean, I'm 37, right? So depending on who you ask, in real estate, that's considered young. In tech, that's considered ancient, <laughs> ancient. And so I don't know what, where that actually puts me in bucketing wise, but I would just, I was resistant to it. My better half knows it very well. And so she kind of onboarded me to like, okay, here's what it's all about and stuff. And the more that I see, the more I realize I like it a lot. I mean, I actually think that it's like one of the more creatively empowering things. Sure, it looks really silly. You do got to, as we mentioned, you kind of got to dumb it down maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like I would not go on TikTok and put a long form commercial real estate focused piece of content on there because people would be like, this is the most boring TikTok I've ever seen. Um, I like how, you, I think the last one you did, you kind of did like a parenting lesson, right? Like how you taught your your son invoiced you or something like that. Did I get that wrong? I thought it was using a car wash or something. Oh yeah, no, so yeah, we did the car wash one. Yeah, yeah, it was the car wash thing. And like, by the way, like I haven't actually touched it in quite a while. So people go, they're going to be like, oh, this is lame. <laughs> Two posts, but I'm definitely on there. But uh, yeah, I, I try to focus a lot on financial literacy, but insofar as parenting, you know, and, and I think that that's where there's a big opportunity for, for parents to step up more and stop blaming schools sure. for not doing it for us. So I think your comment is spot on though, Adam, of like, if you want to maintain relevancy and plant seeds for true long-term success, branding oneself is more important than branding your business mm. uh, in, in order and sequence. And I used to get that totally wrong. So I really, I think that it's a great way to go out and find a way to connect with a, uh, with a younger demographic. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. Okay. Well, time to wind it down real quick. Two things. One, if you could give a shout out to someone you've never given a shout out to before, go ahead and do so now. And then after that, also just give us the, the best way to follow up and get in touch with you. Yeah. You know, this might sound corny because I haven't necessarily, I've mentioned him, but I have never given him a shout out and he deserves so much more than that. But I got to just give a shout out to my dad. I think my dad, because I use his story as something that is, um, a formative like arc story arc uh, for me to have you know lived through and he's a great dad right he, he has been and he continues to be but using his business that that he he scaled up so impressively and that later took some hits but he did what i know but i don't have a chance to usually bring up on the podcast is that he got it back onto his feet and he had many years of success afterwards mm -hmm. so i think that for all those reasons and more yeah big shout out to dad awesome thank you mr hilligas we love your son <laughs> <laughs> And uh, best way to contact you, we'll say, we'll say the one single best way to get in touch with Spencer. Yeah, you can just, uh, you can email me if you'd like, um, spencer at madisoninvesting.co. If you want to check out the passive investing program and, you know, it's free to join, but you will have to talk to me uh, before <laughs> you join. You know, it's not just a list you, you sign up for cold. You go to madisoninvesting.co, just like Adam mentioned earlier. Um, we were talking about LinkedIn, like half of this, this discussion. So if you'd rather not do those things, you want to just come and connect on LinkedIn. Check me out there too. Happy to talk. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Well, time to wrap it up. Spencer, uh, one more time. Any closing remarks or, or words of wisdom for our listeners today? No, I would probably just say you're following someone in the form of Adam, who I really believe embodies 
so many of the values that I think so, I mean, the real estate industry could benefit from more of, which is like authenticity, openness, uh, and genuine connection with other human beings. So thank you, Adam, for everything you do. Appreciate it, Spencer. Thank you for coming on. I'm, I'm excited to get this one out. So great conversation today. Likewise. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Guys, thank you for tuning into Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. Thank you once again for investing your most valuable resource with us here today, your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please drop a five-star rating and a review below. Take a screenshot of it and send it over to nextlevel at carswell.io. We have a present for you. We really appreciate you guys leaving those reviews because it really helps with the overall SEO and visibility of the show and allows us to continue to bring on high quality guests. So once again, thank you. And remember, take it to the next level.